It can be very difficult to transition from a regular income to a variable income as an entrepreneur. Creating a money plan when you know what is coming and when may feel easier. But as an entrepreneur, how do you even start managing variable income and do it well with your partner? Well, don't go anywhere because today with my guest, Carrie Taylor, we will share how to manage variable income as a Christian couple. Hi, I'm Reina, Christian money mindset and fun money habit coach, and welcome to the Fun Money Habit podcast. You will not be able to steward money wisely, earn without fear, and go to the next level financially if you believe that money is evil and being wealthy is bad. Let's talk about money from a biblical perspective and learn what the Bible says about it so you can reach your personal finance goal while keeping your heart on Jesus. If you are a Christian female entrepreneur who wants to seek God's first, earn more without fear, leave that tree, build up your saving and make an impact, you are in the right place. It's time to uncover the limiting belief and the self-sabotaging habit that are keeping you stuck financially and let God heal your relationship with money. So grab your Bible, a pen and paper, and let's do this. Excited to talk with Carrie today, who will share her experience managing variable income in her relationship. Coach Carrie has been married for two decades with steady, predictable income, but is now remarried and living off seasonal commission-based income. She currently coaches people on having the best relationship for their lives by being selfish. She helps you communicate and create better boundaries. So today we will cover three points, how to manage variable income with your partner, how to deal with hiccups, and how to balance your budget when you don't know what is coming next. So get ready with your pen and paper. Hello, Carrie. Thank you so much for being here and for sharing your experience with us. Hey, Coach Rena. It's so good to be here with you. <laughs> Thank you for that awesome introduction. It's interesting when you said um, my tagline, right, about being selfish. And the thing is, <laughs> being selfish isn't necessarily selfish, right? We have to get our foundations in place and in order. And if we don't take care of us first, we're not good in our relationships. So anyway, I know it's kind of funny, but I feel like, oh, it's so foundational. We have to take care of ourselves first. Absolutely. It's the second command, isn't it? Love yourself as you love others. And you can't love somebody else if you are not feeling the best yourself. And that's why I added, Carrie is your girl if you want better communication, better boundaries, so you can take care of yourself and care for other people as well. So Carrie, my first question for you is, how did you start managing variable income with your partner? Thank you for that. That's a good question. So in 2018, I got remarried, not knowing quite what this was going to look like, right? And um, I think the first step for us was to pray with each other because that is the foundation, right, of any healthy, thriving relationship. In fact, that uh, is, I don't know if it's out of Ephesians, but a cord of three strands. So really inviting Holy Spirit into our relationship and our communication was key because let's face it, when you're talking about finances, it gets heated, doesn't it? I mean, I don't know for most couples. Yes. <laughs> for us, it got really heated. So this started when we got, when I got remarried in 2018 at the end of 2018. So start of 2019. And the big key was 
prayer first. And the second part of that was open, honest communication. And I have to be honest here and say that my husband wasn't so keen on talking with this about, you know, talking to me about this because I had managed my finances really well. I didn't have any debt. Uh, his story was a little different. <laughs> and so it, it really required a whole lot of patience. And I think the key was, you know, it really inviting the Holy Spirit in, and then just being curious rather than judgmental and saying, poking fingers. You know what I'm saying? And saying, well, you spent money this way or you shouldn't spend money that way, but really asking, okay, so I see that this, whatever it was, is on our bank statement. Can you tell me a little bit about that or help me understand why we're paying this fee every month or, you know, whatever it was. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Absolutely. Thank you very much for sharing. This is absolutely right. First, we need to bring Jesus and God in the conversation because it's his money in the first place. We are steward here. And he giving it to us to be better steward of that money. And secondly, absolutely, the conversation is key. And I, and I can relate with your story because my husband, when I moved to New Zealand, was in debt. And he didn't want to communicate with me. So it was a challenge to start. But once you communicate and express, I think, what everybody think in the back of their mind, all our assumption on why that person is doing that, why are you reacting this way? When we were clear enough to do, to decode what I say, what the other person is actually feeling and what is the triggers in the way you may talk or spend your money, then you get to be more balanced in your conversation because you see it not as the pointing finger, but you have more compassion toward, ah, He's doing this with his finance because he never been taught any other way. That's exactly right. Or she's doing that because she felt unloved. And for her, spending money on sushi is how she cope with that stress, you know? Right. So we got to understand each other triggers and communicate those, which is not easy. So I'm not going to say that's something that will happen overnight because it won't. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you saying that because that is very true. We've been married for four years now. <laughs> I would say we now have hit a point where we can talk about it and there's there's no heat in it. You know what I mean? Yes. But man, those first few years, there was just a lot of fire around it. There was a lot of, it, I think my husband felt judged. And so when I talked to him about um, preparing for this podcast, he said, actually, he said to me, I didn't feel judged by you, which surprised me because he would often respond like he did. But he said, you were really patient with me. And it was exactly what you just said. We all have a different level of knowledge. And so being willing to teach, patiently walk with and alongside someone and teach them. And then be kind of like, even as being a parent, you have to be patient with your children in the process, right? They're going to make mistakes. Yes. And if you snap at them and yell at them, you're going to get nowhere. But if you're patient and calm with them, you get a much better response. So I, I was actually encouraged when he told me I was really patient with him. <laughs> and so, yeah, we're in a far better place because I've asked him questions. Sometimes I've had to challenge him. And to be fair, sometimes we've needed to learn to walk away, right? When the conversation got really heated, allow each other to take a break. And this is interesting, right? Being in a um, married previously, my ex-husband would never have come back into the conversation. It was really refreshing that um, my husband now, Matt, he was always willing to come back. So even if I said, okay, this is really fiery. I don't want to do this with you. We could talk about it. Uh, he would come back the next day and we could talk about it and find a resolution. So I think that's a big key. Absolutely. Sometimes you definitely need to walk away because it, 
nobody will hear what each other is saying because there's so much emotion and yes. too heated, like you say. So it's better to just take a step back, yes. reschedule a time. I just want to ask you, when you started communicating, did you schedule a specific time to do those type of conversation? Did he know when it was going to happen? Yeah, that's a great question. Usually it was him who got frustrated and walked away, right? And it was me who would kind of pursue. So he was the one who would have to, or I would often say, hey, we really do need to talk about this. And so it could be that he might say, I mean, I don't remember specifics, but he might say, um, let's talk about this after dinner, after the kids go to bed, or um, can we talk about this tomorrow morning when we're both fresh? And, and yeah, we always came back to it and it was really positive. Yes. And that's the key if he's to create what I call money date. So that you are both aware of it and when it's going to happen and to keep the conversation with one main goal. So maybe, I don't know, you want to talk about your debt plan. So you only focus on that one thing. Don't start to have all of the different things that you have in your mind that you want to get sorted because you won't. And it will be just too overwhelming. I love that you call that a money date. And in fact, it just brings to mind that for us, we live in the the wonderful state of Colorado and really close to the mountains. So for us, we will go hiking. And so we're physically exerting ourselves and then we're talking through things. And so I, we always have found that that's a very helpful. <laughs> um, I, I never thought of it as a money date, but quite frankly, that's exactly what we did. And it, I think that's so spot on. It's brilliant. Yeah. And I'm glad you point that out because I haven't thought of the idea of going out and talking about this while you walk, which is a great because movement helps you with your dopamine and that feel good hormone, which is perfect to associate with money. And that's why when I say we create a money date that is fun, that is a great way to do that. The other thing was you go to an environment, if you know things can be heated, like a restaurant where you have a nice meal and you talk together about something that can be painful, but in the atmosphere that you're in, you feel great. And it's also a safer place to do that. Yes. I was going to say in a restaurant, you're not likely to yell and scream at your partner. There's a lot of other people around, right? <laughs> yeah. So you need to create what I call that money date and you make it fun so that it's safe for both of you to express yourself. My husband is someone who doesn't necessarily like to talk about money. So I will schedule a time that is suitable to him so that he, he feels like he's in control of that part of the topic. And I make sure there's two things you got to be sure that the energy level for the person that you know having struggle with money need to be at their best self and make sure that they are fed before you do anything <laughs> because they get hangry otherwise. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so feed your husband first and then you can talk about money, but not the other way around. <laughs> Ah, that's brilliant. It's brilliant. I love that. That's so true. <laughs> so let's go to the second question, which is how did you deal with those hiccups, which we already covered a little bit about, but what else can we add to this to help our listener today? So again, going back to having patience, that was really uh, key for my husband uh, to, for, and, and the conversations were continual, right? It sounds like it was similar for you, that you have continuous conversation regarding money. And it was just like, okay, hmm. so I'll give you an example. I have family that lives in another state. And so um, one summer I took our kids to go visit family. My husband had to work, so he stayed here. When we came back, there's a credit card that he wouldn't necessarily show me, but I was always checking because I wanted to make sure that we weren't getting overdraft charges or, or late fees. So 
I check the bill and I see that there's like this 300 some odd dollar charge while I was gone. And, um, you know, I asked him what he did while we were away. Anyway, he went and got uh, at like a spa treatment, like a massage. Now he had been a bachelor for, you know, 30 plus years of his life. So he was able to treat himself, but then he married a woman with kids and a family and a house and all the things. And so I was like, that's a major luxury. What were you thinking? And then he didn't have the money to pay for it. Right. So, so one thing we had to really talk about is, well, okay. So we use a credit card, like as if it were cash, if you don't have the money, you don't use the card because now that $300 massage, now that you have maybe uh, interest fees on top of it has now turned into a $350 massage. Is that worth it? Right. And so helping him understand that was game changer. And then what we, what we did with that was I said, okay, so I understand, you know, really I think is, is trying to understand and get in your partner's brain, right? I get that you want to have a massage, totally respect that. We can't really afford it right now. So how can we make that happen? So then I said, okay, well, sometimes we get money for Christmas or sometimes somebody gives you birthday money or you get a bonus from work. Could we use that money to pay for a massage or that money to go treat yourself? So then when we started to talk like that, he, oh my gosh, it, it was a game changer. All of a sudden we were on the same team, right? Instead of him trying to hide things from me and fight about it. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. And that's a great point. And that's why I talked about how to be on the same page with your partner. You all have different desires and goals in the way you spend your money. So you really want to be upfront about when I spend money, I feel free and I would like to do this, this, and this. And we all know that we have limited resources and we can't do everything at once. But like Kerry said, we got to plan it. You know, there will be extra money coming in. And when you have a spending plan, you can decide in advance when we receive that type of money, it will be transferred to the fund money account where we do all our fun things. So that when you are in a position to afford what you want to do, you don't have to feel guilty because it's already there, ready for you to use. And the key point that you have mentioned that I want to reiterate, your credit card need to be used as a debit card. It's like only available for you to use if you can repay it and if you have the money for it. Because spending money on something that will then cost you two times the price because of interest is not worth it. And you will feel even more guilty because of the struggle that you now put your family under because of that one impulse of desiring something that could have been planned ahead of time. So you will have avoided all of that. Oh my gosh. It's so, it's, it's really scriptural. Self-control is really scriptural, right? And so having, that's exactly what you're saying is using self-control. And, you know, here's another thing. I, I love using a credit card because... I get rewards, right? I pay my credit card every month. And so after six months or so, I've got several hundred because I put everything on my card. I have several hundred dollars in rewards and that's my opportunity to buy clothes that I wouldn't necessarily purchase, right? Or to get a massage that is a treat or whatever the case may be, whatever it is, that fun money you're talking about. And so it feels good to use my credit card because I'm because so, I'm self-controlled with it. Absolutely. And so um, my husband would say, oh my gosh, Carrie, you've taught me so much about managing, managing my money. And he's, the thing is, he's, 
our, our marriage is so much better, but he's so much more peaceful because he knows he's not having this debt looming over his head. Nobody feels good having debt looming. Absolutely. It's just, it just kind of eats you alive. You know, you just feel like you can never get out. So, you know, I think these are really great tips for using a credit card to your benefit and also using bonus money and birthday money and things like that. Yeah. Yes, definitely. And don't be afraid to use money for fun things. When you have created a really sustainable plan and you understand God is telling you, those are some of my priorities. This is what need to come first. You can spend the rest without feeling guilty. Mm-hmm. And money is there to be enjoyed, to impact the world, impact the kingdom, take care of your family and have fun with it. We live only once. And God doesn't say it's, it's unbiblical to have fun. You can read um, Ecclesiastes. He say God is giving you the money, good health and the ability to spend it and to enjoy your wine and your food. I was just going to say the Bible is the whole thing is like drinking and partying and having a good time. Right. So I'm like, and the funny thing is I don't drink, but, but God is all about having a good time. Right. I, it, I, that's so right on. I love that. <laughs> I know me too. I don't drink, but when I think about Jesus, I can see how he loved being with people. He loved eating and socializing and you can do the same, but while keeping your heart and your mind on Jesus, there's nothing wrong if you do that first. Seek the kingdom of God above all else. And then the rest is just a blessing. If God is giving it to you, say thank you and amen and then enjoy. That's so good. You can do that. Yeah, so good. So let's come to the planning phase. How did you balance your budget when you didn't really know what's coming, when you have that variable income yeah that's a good question i had to i have to give this little thought so for us right like it's not just a variable income but then seasonal to boot right so it's really hard to know month to month what's coming in let alone like one year from another year could look entirely different too so it's really really challenging and the thing that i would say here is that for us I realized, and, and really, I want you to know that I deeply love my husband. However, when he saw money in the account, he thought, oh, great, there's money in the account. I can spend it. And his way of spending it, right, was <clears throat> while I'm out working, I'll just grab a bite to eat or, um, you know, I need this new thing. I'll just go get it. <laughs> and so I realized very quickly, okay, he needs to not see that money there because when he sees that it's not there, he works harder to put money in the account. <laughs> and so I then pulled money into a side account so that when money was scarce, we were, we had, we had a fund, right? We had money to cover it. And then we also, um, Thankfully, I have a wonderful husband who is very, very hardworking. And so he's always willing to do a side hustle. So he would just put extra money or I'm sorry, extra time into doing a side hustle, like driving for Lyft or working. I mean, there was one point where he was working at FedEx overnight. So he was working this commission-based job during the day and then working FedEx at night. God bless him. He was working so hard to support our family. Mm. And so that's one way that we we managed. Another thing I was telling you um, just prior to getting going on this was there was a scripture that really resonated with us. Um, And so when things were really tight and it was kind of like, okay, God, I don't know how I'll give you an example. We had a month where he was working for um, another company. He was doing sales. I think he brought in $900 that month. And I thought, 
we can't even pay our mortgage with $900. Like how, how are we going to do this? This is bananas. And so really just believing, okay, this is what the Lord says. Second Corinthians nine, eight, God is generously providing for all of my needs. I will always have everything I need and plenty left over to share with others. And so not just saying this, but truly believing, okay, God, you say you generously provide for all my needs. So we really had to believe that this was true. And and here's the remarkable thing. He always was faithful. There were months where we didn't have really anything, but yet God would prompt us to give $500 to this organization or that organization. And then remarkably, like $3,000 would show up in our accounts um, through various means. I mean, it was just like, God's good, right? He's faithful. he'll never leave you hanging. I mean, and when we look back, we've taken several vacations, we've paid off a ridiculous amount of debt and really with this varied income, I I, I really look back and I think, how were we able, how were we able to do that? Only by the grace of God, by trusting him, right? We were faithful to tithe. We were faithful to pray together. We were faithful to communicate and talk with each other. I mean, truly, we are faithful to believe God's word, what he said, and believe it. And so, yeah, it's that's how it works for us on a very simple level, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Thank you very much for sharing. And the reason why you were able to do all that you could do is you saw what was the blind spot for your husband. You knew what was his, his triggers. His trigger was, oh, there's money in the bank account. Let's use it. So he didn't see it as oh do i need to plan for the next bill or no for him it was there so what you've done is out of sight out of mind so you have been like the end in the proverbs 6 8 you have taken the money and then you have just put it somewhere else for when it's the winter season and we can also think about the um story of joseph when he arrived in egypt and pharaoh have a dream when he needed to save all of the grain of Egypt for seven years for the harvest time, abandoned season. And then that was for what? For the seven years of the famine that was coming next. Yeah. So when you think about your money, we need to be planning ahead. And I think it's also say that in Proverbs 13, 16, a wise man think ahead, a fool doesn't and even brag about it. Mm. So it's interesting because <clears throat> so many books are based off scripture. And so it reminds me of Aesop's fables, right? When we think of the grasshopper, are you familiar with that? The grasshopper and the ant and the ant was hardworking and getting all the grain and the grasshopper was just out playing. And then winter came and the grasshopper was like, oh, can, can we have some of your food? <laughs> right? Because you guys have been working hard. Yeah. And so it just goes right along with that. Yes. And it's also gone back to what we were saying before. We can have fun with our money, but we need to make sure that our priorities are taken care of first. And so that's why for you, you knew what was something that was difficult for your husband to stop doing. So you put a boundaries between what was available and what he could do. And then you gave him the freedom to use it when everything was organized and ready for that. I know my husband is a, he just loves spending. (laughs) And so I have to make him go to the website and put it in his cart. And then we have like a 48 hours or seven day rules before he press purchase. And if it's something very big, we talk about it. But often 
the following days when he's like wake up i say i saw something i really want because it's on specials for for him he's just saving money and so i have to coach him through okay is it actually what you want or is it just because of the price tag yes will you be happy i want you to close your eyes are you going to be happy with that it's probably not the good quality really i really want the other one so i say so why would you buy something you don't really want just because it's cheaper oh but because i'm saving 300 dollars. i say yeah but it's not what you want so there's so much that we can do when we talk and having that open conversation when you're not saying you're not going to buy that you try to understand what they want etc is so so important and for anyone here who has that variable income it's important to know your numbers really be good on understanding your expenses we can't necessarily control the income but you can control your expenses so having a list of what you spend money on and being real with yourself depending on the season that you're in you have to downgrade your lifestyle if you are living way above your means to move a house or have one car Mm -hmm. for just a short season remember it's temporary it's just to set yourself up for success so you can get rid of all of those debt that is hanging over your head and you can start having some extra money after you pay for your expenses that you can use toward your debt your saving or any extra goals and fun money you want to do but you got to be real do you need x y and z right now or can you go without for a little bit being wise and get yourself prepared for the next season of your life. I love that you said that because I didn't mention having a budget, but yes, that was key too. We did sit down and write out all the expenses that we had and then where were the areas we could cut. And interestingly, right, my husband might say, well, let's cut Netflix. And I would say, okay, so we're cutting $10, $8, but then you have this $25 fee over here and we've never even used it right? So why would we save here and then spend? It doesn't make sense. So, so yeah, the conversation about that and trying to um, fine tune your budget and then really being aware, okay, this is how much we need to bring in. This is how much we are bringing in. How are we going to do that? And, and I love what you said about looking ahead and planning ahead, because that's, that's exactly right. And if I look at, um, gosh, okay. (laughs) If, if I don't even just look a week ahead, I don't have the means to pay for our next credit card bill, for example, right? And so, yeah, I, I just love everything you're saying. It's so spot on. That's why you're the money mindset coach. <laughs> it's good. Yeah, thank you very much for that. And the things that have helped my clients pay off her debt also is I gave her the one-year plan. Like we, we have listed all of her expenses for the whole year to really give her a good picture of, this is the expenses now as an entrepreneur you may know some of your regular income because you have payment plan in place but how do we come up with the gap what is the action step that we're going to take to make sure you can fund your lifestyle if you don't know what like you mentioned what's happening next week you don't know what you need to do to get there so we cannot ask ourselves the right question when we're not aware of what's going on in our finance in the first place right so i know that starting a budget or i prefer to call it a spending plan because this is actually what you do you're creating a plan for your spending mm-hmm. it's a key thing and it's part of being a good steward if you don't know your number you can't take wise decision in your finance you'll never be able to do that you just if i use the word winging it and it doesn't work that way it's true it's true. And having that vision for a year is so great, right? Because you can kind of, what do they call that? Um, you have the vision for the year and then you can... Um, reverse engineer. 
Yeah, like reverse engineer kind of, right? And so then you take it and you go, okay, so in month one, we need to do this. And then by six months, three months, six months, nine months, whatever. Um, yeah, and then you, you're you as much more successful than if you don't have that vision. Yeah, that's the big picture. And then we looked at the cash flow system. I love for you to really be understanding when is things coming out? And when you're a coach or an entrepreneur, you can be like, what? All of my expenses are coming out of the beginning of the month, but all of my clients are paying me in the middle. That's why I'm always in overdraft because I don't get the money at the right time. So you can start to change also how money come in if you have the possibility to change that. Mm. Or you can shuffle your expenses by calling your provider and say, look, is it possible that I change the, the due date to like two weeks? And then they rechange that and recalculate and that's something you can ask. If you don't ask, the answer will always be no. But if you ask, then maybe, yeah, we can do this. You're absolutely right. In fact, just recently, we received a very hefty utility bill because gas prices in the United States have gone up. Yes. And it was more than twice what we would normally pay this time of year. And so that hit us hard, right? Because we hadn't budgeted for that amount. So I called the company, asked questions, and then found out that they have a plan where they can give you, um, they'll bill you the same amount every month throughout the year. So anyway, you're paying like one fee every single month and it balances out, right? You're paying more normally in the winter and less in the summer, but they give you one standard rate you pay. And that's so easy to budget. It's like, why haven't I used this in the past? It's brilliant. <laughs> it's great. They, they are actually looking at your past year expenses and they're taking an average. And then that's the average that you're now paying. If you never ask, you will never have known. And that's why I'm saying to my clients, don't be afraid to ask. Mm -hmm. So thank you so much, Carrie, for this conversation. We can talk for the whole day because this is something that I love to talk about. And just to quickly recap what we, we said was praying first with God, as I mentioned to everybody else, is the first thing you got to do because he is the owner of your finance. And if you want to have a really strong relationship, he needs to be the third string in that relationship. So you need to be talking and praying with him and with your partner always. And then you need to have that very, very open conversation without judgment, just trying to understand what is each other money story? What do you make it mean when you spend money or when someone else is telling you, don't do this? We want to understand a little bit more of what we think you know, because we don't say all the time what we think and how we feel, but it's important to ask those questions. And I know it's not going to be easy. I mean, I've been with my husband for 15 years and he spent $700 on something yesterday. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I know what you spend. And now he wants to add all of this. But if we don't have that good conversation, that will have triggered me. But now I'm okay. I understand why he's doing it. We have the money to do it. So there's no problem and there's no resentment. And then when we looked about our hiccups, again, the communication, understanding each other, being compassionate, and for you to be better with planning variable income is to really know your expenses, to start putting it all down, mm -hmm. having a good look of where you stand today and ask yourself the right question. Do you need to let go of anything in the season that you're in? Remember, it can be temporary. Look at what you can do to increase your income. And sometimes as an entrepreneur and a Christian, there may be money blocks around that. So you got to talk to me and we can let go of all of those money stories that is stopping you from earning more if this is the problem that you're struggling with too. 
So this is key for you to be able to manage that variable income, understand your number. So Kerry, thank you so much. For anyone who's having difficulty communicating or setting boundaries to have an amazing relationship, how can they contact you? Well, Rana, first of all, thank you. This has been such a delightful conversation. My website is probably the best place, and that is uh, youmadenewcoaching.com. And I think you said you'll have the link below. Absolutely. I will put all of the details to contact Carrie in the description. And the last question I have for you, Carrie, if, if you could go back in time, what is the first thing you think you wish you did when you started managing money in your relationship? It's a really good question. I, you know, I think two things. <clears throat> I would have been more patient and understanding, right? Because I think initially I assumed my husband knew more than he did. <laughs> and it took some patience to figure that out. And so I wish that I had just kind of been more aware of that and been more patient. And then secondly, I wish that we had really sat down and written out our budget. That took us some time to actually do that. Um, and I think it was because he was so reserved to really let me in. And had I been more patient, I think he would have opened up more. So they kind of go hand in hand. Perfect. Oh, very good. Thank you so much, Carrie. So as you can see today, we covered a lot. And if you want transformation, you need to take action on it. So my challenge for you listening is to DM me at Christian Money Mindset or to join the Fun Money Habit Facebook group and tell me what will be your first step in managing your variable income with your partner. I cannot wait to read your messages. Remember, forgive, be kind and compassionate with one another so you can learn to work as an amazing team for God's glory. Thank you again for listening. Bye, Carrie. Byron. If you enjoyed this episode, please let me know by leaving a review and don't forget to share the podcast so others can find it too. If you're ready to steward your money wisely and shift your money mindset, jump on a free call so you can get some clarity on what you should be doing next to reach your money goal, become financially confident and honor God. I cannot wait to talk to you. It's time to create fun money habit. Let go of your money blocks and let God heal your relationship with money. But remember, true wealth is found in Christ alone. Have a blessed day.